Welcome to the Boss Closet Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Jubb, wardrobe stylist, image strategist, now TV style expert. Now, chances are your current wardrobe can't get you to your dreams. You can elevate your look in an affordable, sustainable way, and I'm going to show you how. It's time to align your closet and your confidence to achieve those big goals. On today's episode, I get the honor of interviewing Ariana Bradford, the creator of the Not Your Average Mom project, and also the author of Shame on You, Big Truths from a Bad Mom, which is available today on Amazon. So go search for Shame on You, Big Truths from a Bad Mom, or just Ariana Bradford, and you will find that book, Kindle version, paper version, so you can read it old-timey style. Please support her and what she is doing, because not only is she hilarious, um, she has some very good insight about momming in today's age and um, getting through it all together imperfectly, basically. I loved it so much. And you may recognize her voice if you watched the Closet Goals pilot season on Amazon Prime Video. She was episode one. I got to style her and her closet and go shopping with her. So please welcome and enjoy Ariana Bradford. Welcome, Ariana. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. And we are going to be talking about your book, Shame on You Big Truths, about a bad or from a bad mom. And um, I was so thrilled to be reading your book because I think there's been kind of this movement of just honesty about what it is actually like to be a parent. And it is so different than what media tells us being a parent is, what social media tells us being a parent is, what our parents kind of told us what a be- being a parent is for so many different reasons. And I think it also applies a lot to women that are working from home, when it, women that are working moms. Um, and I just wanted to have you on to talk about it. So welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm really glad to be here. Yes. And if anybody hasn't seen it, um, Ariana's actually one of the guests on Closet Goals on Prime. She was one of the first, I think she was the first episode. episode I was the first episode. I was, yeah. <laughs> um, excellent cast member for that. It was so fun shopping with you. And um, how is that going, by the way? I still have pretty (laughs) much everything, honestly, that you got me. Um, The giant sweater uh, dress that you got me is a regular staple. Um, And literally every jacket you got me has gotten some sort of wear at some point. So... Yeah, for for sure. It's been, it's been fantastic. And I am finding that I'm like choosing my clothes with more of a purpose. So Uh you had a, you had an effect on me. Oh, good. (laughs) I tend to take root in people's brains. And then people tell me I was talking to you in my head about what I should wear. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Cool. (laughs) It's very cozy in there. Thank you for having me. It is. It is. You live in my head now. You do. (laughs) Now I don't. Now I don't buy things just because they're cute because I hear you being like, but will you wear it? And it's like, no, I won't. Okay, I'll put it back. So, yeah. (laughs) You can enjoy the look of it without putting it in our bodies for sure. Um, And I was very proud of you because on your book cover, you're wearing, you know, kind of the PNW standard. Mm -hmm. 
the yep. the flannel, but you were wearing it open, and you I was, and I was like, I did, you. I did, I learned that from you. That's 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 my call out to you that I, I rolled up my sleeve, and and I did it. How did you put it? We want it to be not a hot dog, an envelope. There you go. I think was what it was. Whatever it was, I was like. It's it's got to be an envelope, not a sausage. Like a I, sausage. I had that exactly. <laughs> you're right. So I mean, we're we're everybody's at home right now because if you're listening to this afterwards, it is during the pandemic. I have just moved. I don't have a studio yet. We haven't built it yet, so I am recording in my closet. If you're watching this on video, and I am making a lot of hot dogs for my kid. It's just true. Um, and I don't feel any shame about that after reading your book. <laughs> you shouldn't feel any shame because hot dogs are delicious and they don't care. So well done. So glad I can help. No shame whatsoever. He is dead. He is so happy. And so happy. And so, so happy. weird. Do you know <laughs> how wonderful it was to read the chapter that you you were going over like kids do not listen kids are weird kids do mm-hmm. not care like <laughs> mm-hmm. it it's just, it's true yes it's true and and you know we we unfortunately are pushed you know to we constantly feel like we have to think that our kids are these amazing yeah. just pure little beings and sunshine just comes out of their butts. And it's, yeah. it's all, you know, it's all us. Any problems we have with them are us. And, and I had that problem. You know, I mentioned this in the book that when my son turned two, mm-hmm. it was like, he went from this really happy, smiley baby to the devil, because that's what two-year-olds are is the devil. And at the time I didn't know that that was normal. And I was mm-hmm. so just like, I don't like being around this kid, like the screaming that I'm constantly getting. He's always having tantrums. Like this is really hard. And I was initially afraid to say anything because I didn't think that that was a common way to feel. So I didn't talk to anyone about it. And I felt really isolated. I felt like I was different. And I was like, am I the only one out there who has a two-year-old that literally just has a problem with my existence? Existence, (laughs) Like the fact that I, I exist. And it wasn't until, you know, I talked about it. I was honest about it. I spoke to people I knew. And through that, it became very clear that that was just how kids were and that it wasn't my, wasn't my problem. It was just kids in general. And um, once I knew that, it became a lot easier to, to bounce back from the things that they would do instead of feeling like I must be a terrible mom because my kid seems to hate me it became very much like, you don't hate me. You're just two, you know, and it's easier to bounce back from those things and get back to thinking that my kid is, you know, fantastic and made of rainbows. And it was one of those things that, um, it was, it's why it's the first chapter in my book, because I feel like while there's a lot in there about us as people, I feel like the number one thing that we tend to feel uncomfortable with or judged on or guilty about almost always has to do with when we feel less than thrilled about our kids or about parenthood and you know in general. general so yeah that was um I 
trust me, I get it. My kids are now, um, my son will be turning six very soon and my daughter is four and it hasn't changed. (laughs) The attitude has not changed It is almost like every time you have a win, you're like, we figured this out. We figured this out. Oh, here's a new one. Okay. It's a new thing. There's no such thing as figuring it out. There is no such thing. As soon as they could tell that you're getting close to figuring them out, they switch it up on you because I don't know, because they, they feed on our misery. I don't, I'm not (laughs) quite sure why. They're just not things. You make so many jokes like that, but you know, the, the through line to the book I found was this, this contrast between having your individuality, still being yourself, feeling your feelings, being honest, all that. And then also being just so linked with this person that you created or raised and you feel, I don't know about you. And I think somewhere in the book, you, you were talking about how it's like such a connection that you almost feel like it's you. And right. because it is part of you when they are wretched, sometimes it feels like a part of you that you, and you have no control. Like you mm-hmm. cannot fix it. You can't, make you it do not have it. control. No. And, and that, yeah, that is in the, in the book in there where I say like, you know, stop, you cannot forget that you are not the only influence in your child's life. Yeah. You will be one of their first influences, but you are mm-hmm. not the only one. And we spend so much time not wanting to screw our kids up that mm-hmm. once they start doing things that are strange or different, or they start showing any sort of, of negative, I shouldn't say negative, but once we, once they start showing any sorts of difficult, yeah. you know, pers- personality uh, traits, our first response is, what did I do? Yeah. And I still deal with that. Um, my son was recently diagnosed with ADHD. Yeah. And, you know, my first response was, well, did I do something? you know, did I, was it something, was it the time that I took Tylenol when I was pregnant? You know, like what, what did I do to cause him to have ADHD? And I remember that I had to stop myself and I had to say, A, I don't know. I'm never going to know. I could sit there and ask myself all day long and all it's going to do is wash me in guilt. It's not going to fix anything. And B, it's, it's something that is adding drama to a situation that doesn't really need it. He's a human being. You know, you're raising a human being. When you're raising a human being, every human being is going to have idiosyncrasies and problems, and they're not always going to be because of you. You don't, we like to think we have way more control exactly. <laughs> our kids than we do. So that, that whole thing you just said about uh, what did I do, mm-hmm. it, it feels at first like this self-flagellation, like this masochistic, like, I'm just going to make it my fault. Okay. (laughs) Such a grab for control and power back when you're feeling out of control. It's like, if I did it, I can fix it. Exactly. Exactly. If this, if Mm -hmm. I admit that it is my responsibility because they have like my kiddo deals with sensory issues. We thought for a long time it was ADHD and it turns Mm -hmm. out it, it might still be that because I have it. Ha ha. <laughs> um, but, and it's really likely that he'll struggle with some attention and some activity stuff, but it's um, like a sensory thing where he just mm-hmm. needs a lot of input, but mm-hmm. it, it's, 
a struggle. It is a struggle some days to separate myself from it and be like, all I can deal with is the one issue at a time, (laughs) one behavior at a time. And the best thing I can do is not lose my SHIT. Like, yeah, if I don't lose it, that's the only control I have. If there's <laughs> a tantrum, maybe I don't throw one. Yeah, maybe. That's, and that's, also, I like that you said maybe, because sometimes <laughs> I do. that's all you got is maybe. Maybe <laughs> you won't throw a tantrum. Maybe. You know, like that's, that's <laughs> yeah, because you can't say you definitely won't. I try oh, not no. to. I try not to. But sometimes, man, I, I, I just Reach like, yes. limit. Yeah. Like, I mean, yesterday, um, you know, we have we're doing the homeschooling thing right now, right? Like the distance learning. Everybody. (laughs) Everybody. Yeah. And my son, he's in kindergarten. He hates math, just hates it. And on, yeah. And on one hand, I get it. I majored in English specifically because (laughs) I am not the math and science type. Um, But on the other hand, I was just like, dude, like just get it done, you know? And it was probably about 20 or 30 minutes in of me constantly saying, you know, I tried being nice and helping him. I tried being like, you could, if you just do it, it's almost over. I tried so many different times. And finally I hit my limit. I was like, why? And I'm going to say, you know, honestly, I yelled. I was like, why won't you just do your math? And he was crying. And my husband, you know, he's working in the office. He came out of his, out of his office. And he's like, you know, maybe if you didn't yell. And I'm like, you haven't been here for the last 20 years. You got minutes. here, here. There's been all this. Yeah, people listen. It started down here. You see, couldn't see my visual there. It's like a gauge and I'm using my... It started um, down here. They don't hear the up to 10. And so, you know, sometimes you, you just... Sometimes, like like I said, we're human. We hit walls. We get frustrated, and yes, and that's the, just something we can't be upset about. The shame spiral we go into afterwards mm-hmm. is, or during, or ten years later, um, not helpful. Shame is no. such a useless thing. It's just it doesn't fix it. It doesn't. It's 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 just implanted. It is. It's, it's implanted very hard, especially in, in moms. I feel like, I feel like dads have it too. I've talked to, you know, a lot of my dad friends and they do deal with it to a degree, but I feel like because the pressure is put on us to be caregivers and we have to be those perfect caregivers, but nobody can really define what perfect is. We're always feeling guilty always. And I even mention this because I, I don't like when people say don't feel guilty because you can't not feel guilty. That's like saying, don't feel sad. Don't feel happy. Don't feel Don't feel your feelings. Yeah. Don't feel your feel. Just, you know, (laughs) that's not possible. You're going to feel guilty. Yeah. The difference there is that, um, you either let your guilt control you Mm. and you give into it every time and you believe that your guilt is truly right and that you made a mistake or you analyze it and you decide, you know what, my, my guilt is telling me that I might've made a mistake, but here's why I probably did not. Um, and you know, the best way I feel that I've put it, and I don't know if I did this in the book and if I didn't, I'm upset about this because I was very proud of this one. Um, <laughs> say it in every promotional thing. Just yeah, why not? 
Why not? Yeah, just we'll just all pretend it's in the book. In case book two. But shame on you. <laughs> shame on shame on you. You yeah, two yous. Um, yeah, but like <laughs> shame on everyone but you. Um, yeah, but like you know, my biggest thing is I I, I try to put it like this: you're the CEO. Your guilt is the over-eager intern. It is going to bring literally everything to your desk because it wants your attention. Your job is to look over everything that it puts on your desk and to decide whether it's worth your attention or whether it gets sent back downstairs. And so, you know, that's... Oh, snap, everybody. (laughs) Did you just hear that? If you are at a desk, (laughs) write it down on a sticket. If you are a great father, write that down on a sticket and put it on your computer because how many times do we think about our kids every day and let the guilt come in and we let it? You can definitely let that, you can promote it. does not deserve can, a promotion. It doesn't deserve a promotion. It, it should stay your unpaid intern. Yes. <laughs> it stays your unpaid intern. And mm-hmm. it, that's where it belongs. It yes. is not, you know, and so, yeah, we're going to feel guilt. We are going to feel guilt all the time because we get, we're given this blank slate. We don't know what we're supposed to do with it. And if we're just kind of like, you know, we're going to notice mistakes and we're going to, to constantly do things that we wish we hadn't done. But sometimes the things that we're going to feel bad about are things that aren't really bad. Like, you know, you're going to make your kid cry sometimes and yeah, it's going to feel bad because they're cute and you don't want to make them cry, but you also don't get to have ice cream for breakfast. Okay. That, that's my breakfast ice cream. <laughs> so no, you do not get to have my breakfast ice cream. <laughs> I lived through so many years to get to the point where I could finally do this. No, you do not get it. You know, no, you don't get it. Uh, <laughs> you don't get yeah. it. Get to where I am, pay a mortgage, <laughs> and then you can have ice cream for breakfast. So, you know, in all seriousness, though, like that's that's something that we're gonna feel bad about. But mm-hmm. we have to sit and we have to actually look over it and say, "Am I actually hurting them? Is this actually doing anything to them that's going to ruin them as a person?" And the uh-huh. answer is no. Yes. It's not. Even if they grow older and they say, hey, I went to therapy and I realized that I'm the way that I am because you didn't let me have ice cream for breakfast. No, that's not your fault. Like that's... I literally did my best. (laughs) (laughs) Did maximum capacity (laughs) of love and bestness. I was an amazing parent. Yeah. So, you know, it's, but it's true. Guilt is is always there. It's always there. We're always going to feel it just like any other emotion. We just have to learn when to pay attention to it and when to let it go. Oh my God. I'm going to quote you forever. (laughs) So good. Um, Also, we're going to transition into kind of, okay, how does this all apply to when you're working from home? Because we are actually both in families where both the partners work at home and have kiddos. We have one feels like 10 to us, but we have one and you have two and it's way harder. Two. It is. It's twice as hard, if not 10 times as hard, but we're going to transition that way. But I wanted to get your opinion on something that I've been noodling for a while. And, and I've heard a few people talk about it. Do you feel like, oh, I'm about to say it. And I'm, a, I'm already feeling a guilt intern come in and be like, Ex- excuse me. Why do you think you're so special? Is it lonely there at the center of the universe? 
Hey there, boss. Are you ever confused about what to get a client after your services are complete? Like a little client gift, or maybe during the holidays, what do you get clients? Well, my girl over at Fancy That has all of us covered, because if you go to shopfancythat.com, you will see so many cool, fun, sassy gifts that would be perfect for your clients. She even does these cool little custom boxes um, that could include things like little custom candles. She actually made me this candle that smells like coffee because she knows me well enough to know that coffee makes me happy. And she put my logo on it. She does that. These are hand poured candles, really high quality in these fun reusable tins. And she puts your branding on it. So you can give away these candles um, as presents as gifts to your clients. They will think of you every time they smell it and uh, look at your logo while they do that. So head on over to shopfancythat.com and use the code MYSTYLECLASS, all one word, for 15% off your first order. I have a theory that being a parent now is in some ways mental health wise just emotionally harder than it has ever been that's a huge statement because there was plagues and and you know had to kill <laughs> plague was tigers probably worse yeah all that stuff <laughs> but emotionally it's like we are built to be these social village creatures right and mm-hmm. you have a child and it comes to to the village and a village helps you take care of it. But we are Mm -hmm. so, our family systems in this country um, and in a lot of, you know, first world countries are so separate. The family systems are just very mom, dad, kids, mom, mom, Mm -hmm. kids, mom, dad, dad, kids, like just like tiny, tiny pods, Mm -hmm. pods separated from everybody else. And on top of the isolation, like you're the only one responsible, that like huge pressure that used to not be there. We have constant media, social media, showing us only the good parts that everybody Mm -hmm. else is experiencing, none of Mm -hmm. the bad parts. So we're not feeling like we can even online completely share the bad stuff and the hard stuff and the the guilt and the shame and like am I doing this you can't even do that because you feel like you're going to get judged or negative comments or whatever it is um it's just lonely being a parent now I think maybe that's it it's not the hardest time it's the loneliest time to ever be a parent so I yeah, I I think that it is and it's not. I think mm. that, like you said, there are parts of it that, um, like the mental health issue, um, I feel like we are, we, we are in little pods. We definitely are. I think that back in the time, you know, when we were growing up and when our parents were growing up, one of the positive things that they had was that since they didn't really have many other things to distract them, um, you know, kids were shoved outside and they were, you know, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for here? They were encouraged to play together and they were encouraged to hang out. And so there was definitely this expectation that you were going to be friends, you know, with their moms, at least to a degree, because they were going to see a lot of each other. So there definitely was a lot more of that. That being said, I think that despite the crap that is said online, and, and I am going to be 100% honest, I have times where it hits me really hard too. So I'm not saying that I am immune to it. Yeah. But despite the crap that is online, I do feel that it, in the right corners and the right places, and those corners are starting to become more and more yeah. of a whole entire room, we yeah. are starting to become way more... Um, way more uh encouraged to speak to one another and way more encouraged to speak our truths now do we still have people that say terrible things yes um i i actually ranted about this at one point i don't remember when but i got super frustrated because people were always like show us real motherhood show us real motherhood show us real motherhood and then i would have friends who would post pictures of them you know themselves breastfeeding their children or um a woman did a video once of her child just crying in the back seat and she was like i am at my wit's end and you would see comments that would say things like why are we looking at your boob online or why are you videoing instead of taking care of your crying kid and it's like you want realism but are you wanting realism because you want to feel better about yourself and have someone to trash or are you wanting to feel realism because you want to feel connected so those people are out there yeah but I do feel like you know for example I uh I've moved around a lot but the last place that I lived at for a long period of time was Austin Texas yeah and thanks to having the internet and having things like that, I still have somewhat of a village in Austin. I still get to talk to my friends back in Austin. They still check up on me fairly regularly. Um, you know, the, and, and they're constantly trying to get me to move back. Um, <laughs> but you know, they, you they, can't they, have, they have <laughs> so says Rose. I'm stuck here guys. Sorry. She's not letting Pacific me Northwest claims her. <laughs> they stuck their got her in panels. that is true I have really come (laughs) to love the flannels so I'm sorry guys can't (laughs) but you know they ask after my kids and they know my kids and and so yeah it's it's possible I think to feel to feel less alone and I think that because of that we do have at least that loneliness can be better uh, defeated than it was back in the day um, but one thing that you did say, and I know this has been, you know, going for a while. So this is my last point. Um, <laughs> I will say that mental health wise though, yeah. I do think that we have way more pressure put on us now yeah. to be perfect than it was, than we were back in the day, because back in the day, yes, you had the pressure to be the perfect 1950s housewife, right? You were expected to, you know, dress nicely for the husband. When he came home, the kids were supposed to be quiet and clean. You know, you, you were supposed to drink soda with cocaine in it but not mention it to anybody so that you get all of your housework done you know so you, you but you had a way that you were supposed to look but nobody really knew what was going on behind closed doors for you or what you were doing at home because we weren't taking pictures of it and putting it up online nobody That's was so videoing it you know so if you had a moment where you spoke sharply to your child in your backyard or in your front yard you had a chance of nobody really knowing about it and yeah. giving you crap about it. Yes. But now, you know, you 
always have to be worried because if you happen to, you know, be like, Justin, don't touch that in the middle of the grocery store, and someone happens to video you, nobody's going to ask you where that came from. They're just right. going to put it up on the internet, and then you're going to have like 500 people tell, talking about how you should be calling the CPS and you're a terrible mother and da 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 da. So there is that fear now that you are always being watched, and that is that is tough on us. No pressure. <laughs> just everybody's watching. Just now. everybody. <laughs> everybody watching. Everybody. Well, that's why it's so important that somebody like you has the cojones to like be bold and be brave and be super honest about the thoughts about, yeah, no, this is not fun all the time. Parenthood is not as advertised. It's not all cuddly, gooey feelings about babies and, and watching them grow. Like that is so intense when it happens, it makes up for the crappy things, but there are so many, so many lows to the roller coasters highs. Like it's, it's, amazing and you can't really describe it to anybody who hasn't experienced it but when you meet somebody where you jive with them and you can actually be honest with them I think that is always nice yeah always yes how do you uh do you have any great takeaways or tips for people working from home other than (laughs) you're like no this is not about tips this is about (laughs) honesty it's not Kids right now because we're all at home. Some of us work from home anyway, but you know they're not going off to school. (laughs) There's no. I want to kick myself for months ago when they went when Henry went off to school, and I had six hours by myself, and I was like, I'm too busy. I can't get anything done. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) you don't even know. You don't even know. (laughs) Um, I was. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was actually making that face because my first thought was, uh, lock them outside. I, I <laughs> lock them outside and tell them they can come in later. I don't, um, no, like in all honesty, there, there are a couple, there are two things that I have done that have made it a little bit easier on me. Right. Um, the thing is, the first thing that you have to realize, this is this is not of those two things, but this is just some, some background. The first thing that you're going to have to realize is that especially if you have children that have to do schooling at home, you can't do anything about that. There is nothing that you are going to be able to do about the fact that you have a kid. And especially if you have a kid like mine who does need somebody to kind of sit next to them or hover around them to be like, hey, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Look at the teacher. Look at the teacher. Yeah. Look, look at the computer, the computer. Yes. If you have to do that, there is nothing you can do about that. And if you, the the quicker you realize that, the quicker that you are going to stop getting frustrated when you are spending time doing that, because you just, there's, there's no point in getting mad at yourself for being like, man, I just had to spend, you know, two hours with my kid working on school and I could have been doing, no, you couldn't have been doing anything else. That was all you could be doing because you're being a good parent and you're focusing on helping your child learn. That's, that's the first thing. That's probably the most important thing before we even get to those two things. So for me, what's been working is first off coming to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be able to do everything every day. And so what I do is I decide, I prioritize what is the most important thing for me to get done today. Right. And 
if that means that my house is a mess for a whole week, girl, if you could see my living room right now, it it's like it it, <laughs> it it looks like a tornado went through my house and it bothers me. But all week I have been working. I've been, you know, taking care of my son and, and helping with schooling and then basically going straight to, okay, I have to respond to emails. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, work on booking book stuff. I have to, totally. you know, I, I have all this stuff that I have to do. And so those days, sometimes I'm like, all right, this, this is a work day. This is a work day. Does that mean housework will get done? No, but it will get done at some point. It's, it's going to get done at some point Saturday if I have to, yeah. but it's going to get done. And once I, once you find peace with the fact that we're going to get one or two things done and that's it, yeah, it feels much better when you're like, okay, well, I at least got that one thing done. Yeah. I got that one thing done. I answered my emails today. Did I do anything else? No. Am I frustrated? Yes. Do I feel a little overwhelmed? Probably. But at least I got that one thing done. So this day has not been a waste. And so then you feel better with that. Yes. The second thing and the most important thing is that you really need to tap into, if you have not done this, I, I suggest that you sit and you think for a little bit about what signs you have that you are reaching a breaking point. Because if you know what those signs are, the moment that you start to feel, oh my God, I'm reaching a boiling point, I'm reaching a breaking point, you can do something about it. Um, Usually I suggest doing something about it beforehand, but you might not have time (laughs) at this point. So, you know, at least when you're sitting, you know, trying to respond to that last email or you're trying to do a Zoom and your kid is like, mommy, 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 mommy. And you can start feeling that your blood is boiling and you can start feeling that you're about to, you know, throw your computer through a window. You can say, okay, I have to just get through this next 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of those 15 minutes, I can sit my kid in front of the TV and, you know, just take 30 minutes to take a breath and maybe eat some emotional support Oreos and (laughs) get get back to life. You know, whatever it is. (laughs) For <laughs> my emotional support, emotional Oreos. support Oreos. This is what I eat when I'm sad. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, you know. So you know, if the kids ask for any, don't feel guilty about telling them. No, this is how mommy stays happy right now. You know, but they have caffeine thing. in them. And alcohol. <laughs> you don't. They're and spicy. they're spicy. They're spicy. You don't want you don't spicy. Want yeah. <laughs> So, you know, then caffeine in it too. That ice cream, that ice cream has coffee. Ooh, coffee coffee in it. I'm just going to eat it. I'm just going to eat it all. You'll be fine. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't eat her. Mommy's throwing herself on a grenade for you. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, you know, you're, you do what you can, but you definitely have to be ready to, to, to be able to, to tap out. Even if that means that you are a single parent and are like, I can't tap out during the day, I get it. But then at that point, you give yourself a countdown in your head. You're going to bed. Even if you can put them to bed like 30 minutes early, just be like, you're going to bed in like two hours. And then I, in two hours, am going to sit and write in my journal about how much I hate you right now. (laughs) And then I'll feel better. You know, give yourself something to look forward to so that once that hard part is over, you are able to center yourself again because that is going to probably be the most important way to keep yourself from, because once you start rolling downhill, it's very hard to stop. So you got to be able to have something in mind that's going to stop you from rolling downhill. And that's basically what I've been doing daily. 
That is fabulous. Just like really great guidelines. Thank you for that. I mean, You're it's welcome. things that I think, you know, sometimes we know things like we know a lot of things that we just don't tap into sometimes. And to have somebody just be like, girl, um, it can't be perfect. And especially right now, it's not going to be perfect. So you've got to mm-hmm. let it go and do one thing at a time and just tackle each, like, here's the next right thing. Have I yep. been listening to the Frozen 2 soundtrack too much? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but it is true. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's so true. Just the next right thing. Um, everybody, go get go get Ms. Bradford's book. You got to get Shame on You, Big Truths from a Bad Mom. It's coming out. This podcast is coming out now. And the next day, it's this is going to be available. If you're listening to it right now, the link is in the description. You can click it and buy it now. It will be available on Kindle. It will be available on Amazon, you know, in print version. So you can actually read a real life book. Um, So go get it. I highly recommend it and I highly recommend following Ariana Bradford. So how can they follow you? Um, so you can follow me on social media, all of my social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of it is under the NIAM project. That's N-Y-A-M stands for not your average mom. If you want to just keep up with me personally, um, everything is the Ariana Bradford with two ends. Now so you may have, have noticed that I was talking ways, about and, the book coming out tomorrow. Either way is cool. Because all those things will be in the description of this podcast and in the description. Um, it actually is coming out today. Online. So, <laughs> to go enjoy her book. I got the early release. Remind you, it is out today. And I am the description. I am enjoying it thoroughly and laughing and crying. Yes, honey, read this. This is what it's like. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, maybe get a copy for you and your partner, just so everybody's on the review it. I'm so thankful every time I get a review. If you have any style, all right, hon. Thank you so much. Group where you can ask those questions on Facebook. It is called the Closet Boss Collective. Hop in there, ask your question, especially if you are a lady with um, you know big dreams and you need a little polish in your closet and a little direction. If you have any questions about private work with me or courses that I have available to so you can DIY it yourself at home please check out mystyleclass.com